Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for Intel forecasts and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. I am so happy you are with us today. We have an incredible show for you today, and this segment is brought to you by Arbor Crowd. If you want some professional crowdfunding for commercial real estate, check them out at arborcrowd.com. Today, we're going to talk about student housing, and as multifamily has had a great ride, well, so has student housing. What should we expect moving forward? So we're going to talk to some experts today. Please welcome my first guest, Taylor Gunn. Taylor is Director of Student Housing with RealPage, and she's joining us on the phone. Taylor, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. Glad to be back. So Taylor, how is student housing performing? It seems like a couple college towns I've been, it seems like I see a lot of cranes and a lot of new buildings. Yeah, so overall, kind of what we're seeing, at least for the fall 2018 leasing season, we're seeing pre-lease averaging slightly below last year's pace, a little bit ahead of 67% lease overall, kind of nationally speaking, which is down about 147 basis points, and that's looking kind of at April numbers. And then kind of looking at annual effective rent and rent growth, um, we're seeing some compression in that as well. Um, rents are averaging a little bit over $650 a bed for um, this upcoming fall, and that's up 1.4% from what we saw last year. So a little bit of compression relative to what we've seen over the last couple of years, but still pretty in line with kind of historical numbers and still overall pretty strong, and we're not necessarily seeing a good portion of properties dropping rents. I think about 26% have negative rent growth. So we're seeing kind of flat to um, moderate rent growth kind of overall for most properties, just some compression and year-over-year leasing velocity. Okay, so a little bit more of a, a normal market. So what do you expect moving forward, Taylor? So we can, we can expect a little bit more of this kind of finishing out this leasing season. We'll expect um, overall occupancy come fall to be slightly below what, where it was last year and rents to kind of stay a little bit, rent growth to stay a little bit compressed. Um, obviously, a lot of this ties back to the volume of supply in specific markets. So as some of that supply kind of levels out, the market's able to recover. Um, but we can expect, you know, some rebound for a few markets in particular over the next couple of years because we're not expecting as much supply. Um, but, I mean, pretty, pretty steady performance, I think, we can expect going forward. Okay, and you mentioned supply. So, uh, have we had a lot of supply? Like I said, I've seen. Seems like I've seen a lot of cranes in some of these cities. Yeah. So, if, if we look kind of nationally speaking, um, we're we're expecting a little bit over forty-seven thousand beds uh, to deliver this fall. Um, that's pretty in line with what we've seen over the past few years. It's averaged between forty-four thousand and forty-eight thousand beds. So, from a national view. It's been pretty steady, pretty consistent, um, and that's spread across 73 different schools. So if we look kind of across some of those specific schools, there's a few in particular that are seeing uh, higher levels of supply than they've seen in the past, but also pretty consistent, um, strong volumes of supply. So Florida State, Texas A&M, um, UT Austin are a couple that are seeing over a thousand beds, Florida State and Texas A&M are, are kind of well above the rest of the marketplace with over 2,000 beds coming online at both schools individually, which is pretty consistent with 
what some of them have seen um, in the past, and that's kind of affecting uh, those those markets. Florida State not as much today, but Texas A&M has definitely seen an impact from that supply and supply in recent years. We're talking with Taylor Gunn with RealPage about student housing. So, Taylor, it seems like when the job market was having issues, there was college attendance was, was really up. What do you see for attendance now and kind of what does the industry think moving forward? So, you know, I think overall enrollment is pretty steady at kind of your public four-year state universities. Um, there are a few of those state schools that have a higher percentage of international students. And so we're seeing some um, slowing and even negative enrollment growth from those schools as international enrollment slows. But with the economy pretty stable across most states, uh, we're, we're still seeing pretty steady enrollment growth um, for most of kind of your public four-year universities. If you look kind of at your two-year universities, that's where we're seeing the most um, kind of negative enrollment growth. And actually, if you look at during recessionary periods and when the economy's down, that's kind of where we see the biggest growth is at your two-year schools. I see. And what are some of the other trends, Taylor, that could impact student housing, either positively or negatively? So I think kind of negatively speaking, like I mentioned, the international enrollment also, I would say um, just some pullback in state funding. So your larger um, state universities or even just your state like state schools or public state schools that receive funding from the state if there's any kind of fluctuation in the economy related to funding that could impact the school that could have an impact on enrollment um, I think also in terms of it could be a good thing and a bad thing um, increased competition in the space you know we're seeing the industry continue to grow, which is a really great thing, but with any growing industry, you see some good things and some bad things come from it. One of that's increased competition. Um, so you see a little bit of growing pains in terms of that, but I think kind of long-term it's, it's positive. We're seeing more institutional investment come into the space, and that kind of continues. We've seen that over the past couple of years. So um, overall, I think those are, those are kind of some key things to and as you and Taylor, as you guys are talking to clients, um, do you, are you seeing more interest in student housing from from no, like normal apartment developers? Any new interest in the uh, sector? Absolutely, um, we're actually seeing quite a bit of that. I, I, you know, we get we get about a call a week from a conventional owner operator, developer, investor um, interested in getting into the student housing space. And what should a developer, owner, or investor think about that might be a little different in student housing uh, than in normal multifamily? I would say really understand the market. Um, go in, dig deep into the data, understand the demographics of the students, understand what's kind of driving enrollment growth, what the university's plans are, um, because what we see a lot of times is you know, a market has strong enrollment growth, but the university's long-term plans aren't necessarily consistent with that. So that can have an impact on what the market can expect for demand going forward. Or are they switching, you know, their living requirements? So they're now going to require sophomores and freshmen to live on campus, which then takes away from 
kind of the demand pool, I think, also for any conventional operator or owner or developer that isn't necessarily looking to operate. I think it's important to kind of leverage those who have been in the space for a long time and understand how to operate a student property. I think more and more today we're seeing the operational component as well as kind of leasing and marketing strategies help people stay kind of ahead of the competitive marketplace and give you a a little bit of a leg up in terms of staying ahead of your performance and kind of maintaining uh, a competitive edge in in a growing market. Yeah, those are great tips, Taylor. So what would you leave our audience with with a thought related to uh, student housing? I would say, and I mean, I think we covered a lot of it, but I think, you know, overall the industry is, is still growing. We're seeing great things at a lot of different schools. I think generally it's important, like I mentioned, just digging into the numbers, like not taking just because we're seeing compression at a national level, not taking that as, a bad sign for the industry. Um, I think we need to, as as an industry overall, kind of learn from what's happening in certain markets and kind of apply that across other schools that haven't seen it yet or saw it in the past and and kind of learn and grow from all of the different things happening with, with this industry. Yeah, well, great information, Taylor. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. And stay with us. We're going to have more on student housing after this short break. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Apto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit Apto.com slash CRE show. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by Apto.com. They have a great CRM system for commercial real estate brokers. Well, today we're talking about student housing. Please welcome my next guest. This is Ned Williams, and Ned is Senior VP with University Student Living, and he's joining us on the phone today. Ned, thanks for being with us. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, Ned, the first thing I'd like to ask you, I mean, you guys do student housing. You've done it a long time, and you do it on, on campus with universities and, and then you also do you know outside campus so how much student housing is really developed by the universities or in partnership with the universities and how much is it done private uh, outside the university? 
Uh, today, it's it's changing. I mean, tr- traditionally, you know, sort of the heyday of student housing building was in the 60s and 70s, and that's where most of the stock is today age-wise. So universities are up against, uh, you know, do we renovate or do we demolish and build new? And as they're making those decisions, you know, there's have huge balance sheet implications for them. So they're, they're starting to, instead of just going and building it themselves, which, you know, a while ago, it would have been, you know, close to 90% would, would be they were doing it themselves. Today, it's shifting way, way over to them trying to do public-private partnerships on their land. So I'd say 50 or 60% now is being done privately. I see. And then you also have the you know, off-campus development, right, that really has nothing to do with the university. Correct. And that's just, you know, like any other multifamily developer, we're, we're, we're building a you know, we're trying to find a piece of land that is either abutting the university as close to the academic core as possible or within about a mile radius. And we're building, they look and feel a lot like a multifamily building, but they're geared towards students and have some student-specific amenities. And the way that we lease them, it's more by the bedroom rather than by the, the door like you would a traditional multifamily unit. Right. And we have listeners and viewers to our show that are in all types of commercial real estate and, and investment. And uh, so what would you say to them, Ned? If they said, Nad, why do you want to be in a business where you're dealing with students? <laughs> you know, why do you put yourself through that? <laughs> uh, because th- there's a need. And, and as I said, you know, the, the housing stock in most universities is deteriorated. They have huge uh, deferred maintenance issues, and they, they have to do something. And in places like California, where we just uh, were awarded a, a 5,200-bed project with UC Davis um, on campus, there's just there's the development in the in, the, in some of these college towns the the citizens just don't want more student housing and it's hard to do so there's a huge need and so we're finding we're trying to find creative ways to to fill those needs especially in big urban areas and what do you think about enrollment it seems like we've had a good surge in enrollment when the economy was kind of in the tank now uh, most everyone can find a job easily uh, what do you expect for future enrollment numbers they won't be what they were, and, and you're right there. However, they're still growing, and, and you're seeing growth in strange places. It's, it's in graduate programs a lot, too, master's and Ph.D.-level programs. Uh, and we're also – so and th- that, from a student housing need, is something that's been greatly underserved along with married student housing. It's always been a lot of undergraduate housing. So we're building for uh, those populations as well as for – uh, medical schools and some of those people that just you, you wouldn't normally think of when you think of student housing. Right. In the university, I guess they're still focused more on the undergraduate? They are, although they're getting, as they grow their graduate programs or they decide to add a graduate program, um, they are they're realizing that if we do it, we, if we want to attract um, you know, that, a master's level person or a PhD program person, especially who's there for so long, we have to have housing for them. And, and the graduate programs are, that, that's what we're starting to see a lot uh, included in RFPs and some faculty staff, is, but, but the graduate programs is a huge segment of what we're seeing. I see. And what might surprise people? You know, what's new? Maybe people that aren't in student housing, what might surprise them about the, the industry or, or about the new projects that uh, you guys are building today? They don't look anything like, well, like certainly like I'm, I'm 48 years old. There's nothing like what I saw at Emory University when I was there as a freshman. I mean, they are, they are totally, totally different. Um, and you have, you have to design a different product. They won't live in it unless it's of a certain level. And what's, what's changed is 
off campus especially, the, the, the heavily amenitized stuff is not there anymore. We're not building lazy rivers and tanning beds, but it's, they're still very nice, and they're just different, especially in the freshman product, than what you've seen in the past. So what amenities uh, are new? What, what, what's it take today? Well, you'll see the, the bed-bath parity, you, you got to have, you know, people will share, like two people will share one bedroom, but you're not putting one bathroom for four people to share, that sort of stuff. I mean, you, and in, you don't have the gang bathrooms, for example, in, um, that you would see in the, in the old stuff that was built like in the 70s. There's more, we call them wet cores, where there's a door, there's, you'll go in and you would see like four sinks, but on one side there's four full floor-to-ceiling hardcore doors and there's a restroom behind there and on the other side you see the same doors and there's a shower so it doesn't matter they're sort of gender neutral and you can as you have privacy but there's still the you the efficiency of building it that way and there's a lot more study spaces and multi multi-purpose rooms where some people want to have living learning communities of the university's interested in teaching at least one of the classes in the building where some of those specific students live things like that they're just they're designed specifically with student needs in mind Okay. And I want to ask you about valuations, Ned. It seems like uh, students may be a little more difficult to, to work with than regular apartments. Do you see any correlation in values, if maybe we think about it in terms of cap rates, between regular apartments of a similar age uh, in class and with student housing properties? Are student housing properties maybe a little bit more higher cap rate, or what do you see? Yeah, it's probably, it's not a it depends on the market, but. Um, I would think that's a fair assessment. Cap rates are going to be a little bit higher just due to the, you know, the you're leasing by semesters usually. Um, off campus, we try to do 12-month leases, it, 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 but you have to be able to offer semester leases. So you can have gaps in revenue sometimes, so you try to make it up in that nine-month period. But um, so cap, it's a little shakier, so cap rates, I would say, creep a little higher. But having said that, in some markets, they're, you know, it's, they're almost on the same parity because they're, just, they're, they're occupied all the time and there's so much demand for them. I see. And what are you guys doing, Ned, for cap rate projections? If you were asked by investors or someone to say, hey, uh, we're building this project and we're going to have it stabilized in, in two years, what would you do an exit cap rate if you were doing one two years from now? I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you can borrow mine. <laughs> you want like specific, specific numbers? Oh. I wouldn't know to tell you. We're yeah. we're probably looking now um, at you know we're gonna in a couple of years you know that we think cap rates are going to be higher, mm -hmm. and we're and we're we're building that in. Um, we're looking at a lot more. To be honest with you, we think we're getting close to the end of the on campus is sort of an insulated development market mm -hmm. because of you know, when you're doing it on campus in the in the P3 model where they own the land and they're ground leasing you the, the you know, ground leasing you and either an LLC that you own or a 501c3 owns the building, that's sort of an insulated thing. Off campus, it's getting tougher and tougher to find good pieces of dirt and with construction prices doing what they're doing. We're, we're actually more in an acquisition mode than we are in a development mode. So um, we're looking at long-term holds uh, versus, you know, what we're projecting exit cap in a few years. Okay. And what would you say to operators, Ned, for a tip? You know, it seems like uh, it's a great field, but you do need a little bit of expertise, I guess, uh, to deal with this kind of project. Uh, what kind of tip could you give to our listeners? Well, if they want to do one, I mean, I would, I would highly recommend talking to, I wouldn't try to, if you want, especially if you want to do one of any size, um, I wouldn't do it, your, I mean, I wouldn't try to manage it yourself. Even if you're a multifamily 
owner operator it's just it's a different world students are have different needs um they're you need somebody who understands how to manage those types of properties um and if you i would you know we partner with a lot of uh investors and a lot of other multifamily developers who are just like that's not our world but we have a great piece of land or or whatever and do it jointly but i would just recommend working with a manage don't try to manage it yourself manage it with somebody who knows what they're doing yeah yeah that's good advice what would you leave our audience with ned as far as a tip uh maybe for the future of, of student housing uh as, as you look at you know there's going to be a lot of um they're going to be presented with a lot of opportunities. There's going to be a lot of guys wanting money to do these things, a lot of, you know, of the various services that your listeners often. The, the best way to gauge an off-campus student housing project is the, the, just, it's always location, 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 but proximity to not just the campus but to the core of campus. It's hard to screw up if you're right across the street from the campus. I mean, so if somebody's showing you something that's five miles away, there better be a, a, an awfully good story there. But um, this, the, the same economics that will go into any other multifamily project apply. But the, our location thing is not traffic counts and it's not being at the good intersection. It's relative proximity to campus. The closer you are, the better. Right. They want to be able to walk or ride a bike or do something to get to campus Absolutely. quickly, right? They want to make it feel as much like it's on campus and that's something we've been doing too you know we've we've been buying properties that were across the campus and then donating the land to the school and f turning it into a p3 i mean there's just there's things like that you can do but the school won't be interested if it's a long way away but if it's contiguous with their campus they're all over that yeah right great well great tips ned thanks for being on the show we appreciate it absolutely thanks for having me and thank you for listening around the country or around the world. Thanks for sharing. And let us know your comments uh, on the show. You can comment uh, on your social favorite social media. And uh, thanks for being with us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit arborcrowd.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com.